Hi, hello. Welcome to the episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is August the 30th, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. As for me, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, let's see. Uh, my foot is doing a little bit better. Uh, heel isn't hurting as much, so that's nice. It's nice to be able to walk a little bit better. Uh, that being said, like I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm stuck because like I want to be a little bit more active and do a little bit more stuff, and I'm just like, ugh, let's just stick to your little normal workout routines. Hopefully, we're good by the weekend. Then we can maybe do a little bit more like we want. So you know, that's the plan. That's the play. Uh, let's see, food corner. I actually have an interesting one to report. We had uh, the annual taste of San Mar today that popped up on me, so that was nice. I ate a lot of food. Let's see, I had a brisket taco that, like, you essentially got, could pick either br- chicken or brisket, and um, then just kind of top it yourself with, like, guacamole, sour cream, uh, cheese, uh, all that kind of stuff. So, like, we did that. Then there was, I mean, there were there, there were so many foods, like... I would say there was at least like maybe one kind of food from just like a, a bunch of just big uh, like nationalities that work in our company. So it was, it was nice. Like there was some lamb with onion. That was yummy. There was some like veggie lo mein noodles. There was like samosas. There was egg rolls. Just all kinds of shit. So I, I just masked my plate out. And uh, y'all know me. I normally like to scam and get a second plate because, you know, you'll normally find a way to get my little extra ticket. But because of the scale back thing, like, I got to tell y'all, like, I I find myself with, like, w- like food guilt. You know what I mean? Have you ever felt that? Like, I feel like people have definitely felt this. Like, I can't be the only one. But it's just, like, you gorge yourself on food. And, I mean, I'm a food guy, so, like, that doesn't usually bother me. But, like, now that I'm in this mode, now that I'm trying to defend this, like, weight loss, I'm just like, Isaiah, you can't. You just can't. So I just let it burn a hole in my pocket, and I didn't, you know, try again. So it might be really an end of the era. I don't know. I'm not sure. Might not be big grubbing like I used to. But I figured, hey, you know, we at least have one anime-style meal, you know, but we got to at least do that, right? At least at least until the doctor's telling me to stop, you know? <laughs> that's the play anyway. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that's that's really about it for that. Uh, my, my news, a little bit of me, me corner. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to do my little classic startup, and we can go ahead and chop up some news with the cheese. Um, a little bit of, um, side news that I don't actually, like, want to get too into, but let's see, Hurricane Idelia, I think it's what, it's the name of this one, uh, hit Florida, uh, I want to say it hit, like, yesterday, um, it's been moving along, I think it's in, like, Georgia now, it's, like, it's been downgraded to, like, a tropical storm, but still, like, very high level, like, I don't know, maybe two or three, something like that. Uh, it's been doing damage, but I haven't heard any death toll numbers, so that's, like, a dub in that regard, but, um, you know, obviously I hope people are staying safe in those regions, and, uh, hopefully, you know, the damage isn't, you know, too catastrophic, too bad, um, and hopefully the areas bounce back quick, so that's what we're rooting for, 
Uh, Yevgeny Prigozhin. Looks like they had a little bit of a private funeral for our guy. Uh, rest in peace, you piece of shit. Um, will not be missed. But uh, yeah, this feels like as close as I'm going to get to confirmation. Uh, Putin said uh, some words, you know, over the week. I don't know if he showed up, probably not. But it does seem like the Kremlin uh, is trying to, like, play this shit down. They don't really want to make a big spectacle about it. They're kind of mad that, you know, everyone's talking about it like this. Like, whatever. Dude fucked up. He's dead now. Move on. Um, he was just a hot dog guy. No. Um, so, yeah, there's that. I don't, I don't really want to linger on those stories. But they did happen, so I wanted to kind of highlight them. Uh, but here's, here's my main stuff. Let's get to the entree courses. Uh, from Al Jazeera. Pakistan court suspends ex-Prime Minister Imran Khan's conviction in state gifts case. So I was like, oh my gosh, are we having a we're so back right now? Like, is Khan back? Like, you know, are we here? And kind of, sort of, not really. But um, let's go ahead and talk about it. A Pakistani court has suspended the conviction and three-year prison sentence of former Prime Minister Imran Khan in the state's gifts depository case. The two-member bench of Islamabad High Court, or the IAC, on Tuesday ordered Khan's release on bail. Now, that being said, he is it is a suspension, and it's not an acquittal, so it's still on the record, and even though he can be potentially released, it doesn't look like he is, because he's still they still got him on like 100 cases of shit. So, like, there's a state gifts case, which I heard a breakdown that kind of helped. Essentially, he got gifts, and then with those gifts, he, like, sold them off and, you know, received some money and stuff. But they're saying, you didn't report that. And because you didn't report this kind of stuff properly, we can jam you up for that legally. Um, excuse me. I believe some of the other cases are blasphemy. There's also treason. Um, another breakdown I kind of got, and some of these breakdowns I got from The Take, which is like a podcast side piece to Al Jazeera, so I kind of like, you know, hitting that and listening to that, but essentially he said that he had this cipher, and it's kind of like become this like mythical kind of document that people have been saying, it's like, hey, like, there's this information on this cipher that only like the, the bigwigs, the people in power know about and have read, and like, it just has all this, like, information on it. And some of the information that, like, Khan was saying on here was that, oh, they were, the, the West was actually forcing Pakistan to silence me, to suppress me, to get me out, because I wasn't strong enough on the Russia-Ukraine situation. I didn't bark loud enough against Russia, and that's why they're doing this. And they're like, that's all a lie. That's all bullshit. We're getting you on that. So, like, that's just a couple of things that they're they're trying to peg on him. But I have also heard that um, initially people were upset about Khan's prison treatment. Like, um, you know, that his accommodations weren't right for someone of his stature. It was fucked up that he was even here in the first place. So it looks like uh, they became accommodating. And, like, it's almost like uh, if you've seen, um, uh, what is it, Narcos, where, like, uh, uh, gosh, um, oh, my gosh, his name's escaping me. Pedro? Not Pedro. Um, big cartel guy. Um, I shouldn't have brought this reference up. Now I'm just in the weeds. But he got, like, a whole fucking, um, 
Pablo Escobar, fuck me, Jesus. Um, he got a whole fucking suite, prison suite. It was so fucking decked out. And um, Khan's kind of situations like that, it feels like. It's a lot more cushier. I'm obviously being hyperbolic, whatever. But it's a little bit more cushier, more amenities. He gets to like pick his own meals, eat his little favorites. You know, he's getting factor meals or shit, not sponsored. Um, but yeah, so he's doing okay. But, uh, and he, they also mentioned that he gets books to read. So that's, that's neat. Good to get your books on. Um, I imagine what you're doing at 70 years old, just reading a bunch of books. Uh, but yeah, so interesting turn. It's a positive turn for him. It does seem that like, you know, he still, he definitely still has supporters, but people are mad that it's like, okay, cool that you're, you know, potentially giving him bail but at the same time you know he's still in jail and not to mention he still can't be our leader like we want so people are upset about that you know that's the thing um and where i stand on this i don't know i truly don't know like i i do think that everyone kind of has a hand in their own destruction here the pakistani government does Khan does, the military does, like everyone's hands are dirty here. Everyone's made a mess of things and it just doesn't seem like they can really pull themselves or Pakistan out of it. And that's really unfortunate. That's really sad. Um, There's supposed to be elections this year, but it doesn't look like they're going to be able to make that happen. Uh, That's unfortunate. Um, So yeah, that's kind of where things stand as of now. Figured I'd uh, do a little catch up, talk about our main con. And uh, now it's time to talk about some other news, other developments, other breaking news. Uh, let's see, from the BBC. Gabon coup. Our army seizes power from Ali Bongo and puts him in house arrest. All right, so I've been learning a little bit today, taking a little crash course on Gabon. Gabon? Gabon. Gabon? I don't know. I didn't do a pronunciation check. That's my bad. Uh, but uh, Gabon's... President Ali Bongo has appealed for help after the army deposed him in a coup and put him under house arrest. Speaking on Wednesday from what he said was his residence, he urged supporters to raise your voice. Earlier, an army appeared on TV to say they had taken power. Um, they said they had annulled the results of Saturday's election in which Mr. Bongo was declared the winner. But the opposition claimed it was fraudulent. The officers also said they had arrested one of Mr. Bongo's sons for treason. Later, they announced that Mr. Bongo would be replaced by the head of the Presidential Guard, General Bryce Oligui Niguma, who was earlier carried triumphantly through the streets of the capital of Libreville. What a fucking sweet town, Libreville. That sounds fucking dope. I want to have a beer in Libreville. Um, they said that from Thursday, the people of Gabon will once again be free to go about their business between 6 and 6, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., but traffic restrictions would remain in place for now. Uh, Mr. Bongo's overthrow would end his family's 55-year hold on power in Gabon. Now, this is where I start to go, oh, mm." and look, I, I can't really explain the matrixes to explain how I like come to my conclusions. Like I, I know I should get better at that, whatever. Hopefully in time I do, but it's hard to do that in a, in a span of like a five minute kind of like segment. So whatever. Um, but definitely one of those things when, when you're supposed to have like a democratic kind of vibe, you're supposed to be bringing that to the table, but yet you notice that there's like a dynastic vibe instead. That to me is a red flag. That to me goes, Oh, 
I, I should maybe like dig into this person, these people. And, you know, I, I do think the bongos had, you know, good intentions on paper or what have you. But this is a very oil rich country. And you'll notice that all of the money seems to be at the top of society and is not trickling down into these people. And that the bongos have just been in power this entire time, just chilling. And um, that's, like I said, that's just a big red flag. Don't like that. So, you know, on this one, I, I definitely feel like I'm for the people on this one. Uh, you know, when the streets are coming out and saying, hey, we're, we're happy he's gone. Thumbs up. Like, he's sweet. Um, I tend to echo and say, okay, yeah, I think that's right. Whereas other times where I go, oh, this feels a little bit, I don't know, because I'm just not as hip to the situation. It doesn't feel as glaring to me, like uh, with Niger. Uh, I, I think that might be a little bit of a mix. And yeah, there's people on the streets, but like that could easily be inflated numbers by just the military trying to like make a presence, you know what I mean? But it could also be that there are a lot of problems at hand and that the government or that the president isn't fixing him and it's fixing them and that's the issue. So I don't know. I don't, I don't, you know, have a divining rod and it's perfect or anything like that. I'm just doing my best. I'm just a little guy. But yeah, for here, I'm definitely totally with the people here. Um, they definitely go through some more uh, details, kind of explain the situation, which is great if you'd like to read that. They have a little bit of a uh, another article about Ali Bongo, the Playboy Prince now under house arrest. I like that. Uh, it's definitely an interesting character. I, I always love learning about people, like just across the world. I think that's the coolest thing about just learning about news and then just history in general. You're like You'll just get these crazy profiles of people who just good, bad, or otherwise, they just go and do extraordinary things. And I always just love learning about them. And, and then being able to talk about them here is it's nice. So, yeah, um, that is the situation with Mr. Bongo as it stands. I am very curious to see what happens with Gabon. It, it's also, yet again, this trend. Like, you know, I, I mean, and this predates the podcast even, of course. But, like, just, like, three years of just, like, you're seeing a lot of upheaval, a lot of coups in these, you know, in Africa, you know, just throughout and just throughout these countries. And, um, you know, it's definitely interesting to learn about this stuff as it's happening and, um, you know, weigh in where I can. And, you know, I would love if there's anyone out there listening who, you know, has more handles, more understanding on, on this and, and the things I talk about, please tune in, chirp at me. I love that. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and move along and move to the States Gonna get a real uh, American drugs with it. Uh, but not the like fun kind, not the good kind of drugs. Uh, we're talking about like big pharma shit. Uh, from NBC News, Medicare names first 10 drugs up for price negotiations with the government. Uh, let's see here. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services on Tuesday announced the first 10 prescription drugs that will be subject to the Medicare price negotiations under the Inflation Reduction Act, a critical step in the Biden administration's attempt to drive down the high cost of prescription drugs for older people. Uh, let's see. Now, these negotiated prices will go into effect in 2026. Um, we'll just go ahead and run through what they are real quick. Uh, Eliquis, a blood thinner, Zarelto, a blood thinner, that sounds like a fucking Kingdom Hearts boss, Genuvia, a diabetes drug, Jardanius, a diabetes drug, Enbrel, a rheumatoid arthritis drug, Embrovica, 
What's up, Brevica? Uh, a drug for blood cancers. Far Farziga. What was that? A fucking Final Fantasy spell? A drug for diabetes, heart failure, and chronic kidney disease. Okay, that too. Er, Entresto, a heart failure drug. Stelara, a drug for psoriasis and Crohn's disease. Okay, lit. Fias and Novolog for diabetes. Uh, together, the 10 drugs selected uh, accounted for $50.5 billion, or 20% of Medicare Part D spending for from June 1st, 2022 to May uh, 31st, according to the CMS. Now, the Part D drugs are drugs that are taken at home. They show on here that uh, Part B drugs are administered by providers and facilities like chemotherapy drugs. And then uh, Part D drugs that don't have generic or comparable alternatives. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, if you're still awake, that's lit. I'm, thank you. Uh, to me, this shit was going to put me to sleep. I didn't know where I was going to talk about the story. But then I, I kind of thought about it. And it's like, you know why, though, this is a story? Because it's weird, right, that we haven't had this conversation sooner. And like, why aren't they allowed to? And essentially, this has just been a, just a net positive up until now for drug makers. They've been able to set the price, and we've just been buying it. Now, you know, for other countries, they lower the price because they know that, hey, at the end of the day, it didn't cost this much to make the drug. They might say, oh, yeah, so much research, so much time and effort went into this. Sure, yeah, of course it did. So much research, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, the, the apples to apples, like, it, didn't, it doesn't cost that much to make X drug. But you want to see your profit, so you set a high price, and then you get it. And then you just say, okay, from all these other places, like, yeah, we'll set a lower price, whatever. That's why you just see these dramatic price differences. And it's like, okay, we should be having people going to the table to negotiate on our behalf so that people who have these issues, like you have a heart issue, you have diabetes, you know what I mean? Like, you have blood pressure issues. I don't fucking know. Like, especially for our older people who are relying on this. Like, you're on Medicaid. It's not like you have a way to, like, fucking hustle and get better health care. Like... To, to to be against this kind of thing is to be against that that class of people those kinds of people so it is crazy to me like i was literally before i actually got on i was listening to ben shapiro defend drug makers and quote-unquote innovation and it's like no motherfucker these are drugs that people need to live people were going to find a way to make them because they are needed like what do you mean <laughs> Like, you're not stifling innovation here so that your mom, your pa, or you in the future can officially get blood thinners. You know what I fucking mean? Like, it's crazy to make that fucking argument. And economists try that bullshit. Fucking CEOs try that goddamn shit. Like, no, blow it out your ass. That worked on me as a kid. It worked on me as a teenager growing up. But then I finally realized, like, no, people are going to innovate when they want to do something. It is just a flat out fucking thing. Innovation sparks it fucking self. The only thing that you're going to do with these fucking capitalist endeavors is fucking maybe streamline the process, a.k.a. make it as dirt cheap as possible, a.k.a. make it so it's like, oh, yeah, here you go. Here's a generic drug. It more or less does the trick. Like, that is what you're sparking here. This is the innovation you're making. That's the only inroads you fucking make. So I'm at least happy to see this. It's a step as a step in the right direction. Oh, I know more drugs are going to get added to the list. 
Um, there's a chance that uh, drug makers could try to like opt out of this, but they're going to lose a lot of money in doing so. So, of course, they're fucking crying. They're in fucking shambles. They're in tears. Uh, they are going to try to fight this process, lobby this process. They do have the money to do it. So, I mean, I imagine that there's a strong chance that the drugs that they really want to fight for and keep at a certain price, they're going to get that price no matter what we do on the haggling. But once again, I'll take a dub. Uh, you know, thank you, Dark Joe, Dark Joe, Brendan, Corn Pop, man, whatever, man. Fuck you. Fuck you, too. <laughs> All right, we got one more thing to cover. Um, speaking of drugs, um, I'm taking a little break, and then um, we will get back to it. And we're going to talk about the Kang. Yummy, yummy, yummy in my tummy. Okay. From the New York Post. All right. Oh, my God. I hate this website. Um, okay. I got to close an ad, maybe. Um, this is about the Burger King Whopper. They're not going to let me do the headline. I'm not going to fucking read it. Uh, let's try refreshing. Oh, man. We'll do it live. Nope, didn't didn't help me. Okay, Burger King must face lawsuit claiming its Whoppers are too small. Thank you. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I hate it here. A judge has rejected Burger King's bid to dismiss a lawsuit claiming that it cheated hungry customers by making its Whopper sandwich appear larger than it actually is. U.S. District Judge Roy Altman in Miami said Burger King must defend against a claim that its depiction of Whoppers on in-store menu boards misled reasonable customers amounting to a breach of contract. Customers in the proposed class action lawsuit accused Burger King of portraying burgers with ingredients that overflow over the bun, making it appear that the burgers are 35% larger and contain more than double the meat as the chain serves. Um, Burger King, a unit of Restaurant Brands International, countered that it wasn't required to deliver burgers that look exactly like the picture, but the judge says it was up to jurors to tell us what is reasonable, tell us what reasonable people think. In his decision made public on Friday, Altman also let customers pursue negligence-based and unjust enrichment claims, but he did dismiss... Uh, claims based on TV and online ads, finding none in which Burger King promised a burger size or patty and failed to deliver it. So, I you can kind of hear me stifling a chuckle here because these are the kind of things that I'm sorry, maybe I'm just so broken and I'm just so beaten down that I just don't believe it. I just go, there's no way in hell a lawsuit like this is actually going to carry. So I can kind of understand where the legal team from Burger King is like, yeah, let's just try to get this fucking shit thrown out. Because at the end of the day, we're serving them slop. They're eating the slop. Why are they complaining? Just eat it. Like, just fucking shut up and eat it. <laughs> because cause that's me. That's me. When I unfurl my Whopper sandwich and it is not busting out the frame with onions, lettuce, tomato. In fact, the only thing that's busting out of the fucking bun is mayo because they decided to just quadruple down on that. 
Um, I don't complain. I, I just fucking gulp it down because I'm a fucking sheep. But the people who came up with this lawsuit, they're covered in goddamn pixie dust and they're ready to fly, baby. And they demand respect. They saw an ad and they want what was in that ad, which was the goddamn fucking Whopper. So, fuck yeah. <laughs> I, I fuck with that energy. Um, I, I will hopefully keep you posted on that. Apparently... Let's see, McDonald's and Wendy's are defending against a similar lawsuit in Brick, uh, Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, New York, federal court. Uh, and then let's see here, I think also Taco Bell's kind of going through it as well over their crunch wrap fillings. Apparently they are also not, uh, they're not bringing it according to uh, customers. Uh, and each lawsuit seats, seeks at least $5 million in damages. So I go off, honey. Pop off. Get, get Supersize me. <laughs> we love to see it uh that's all i have for today that's the episode if you'd like to support it do have a patreon patreon.com so isaiah news yeah let's see uh subscribing to that you become a newsie that's pretty sweet i shout you out at the top of the month and i also plug a project you're on thing you're doing and then let's see free ways to hit me up isaiah news one at gmail.com and i'm on pretty much all the socials if you'd like to follow me or the podcast uh, hopefully you're following on the YouTube. That means a lot. That helps a lot. Thumbs up are great. All the stars are great. Max Mount comments are awesome. I, I also want to say just a special side. Thank you for all the support. Anytime you hit me up and say, dude, I love what you're doing. This shit rocks. That, that melts me. That, that makes me so fucking happy. So thank you so much for that. The support means everything. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for being a goddamn friend. And hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.